dry place this morning. If you desperately need a drink of everlasting water, cry out from that dry place this morning. Don't be denied today. He's here offering living water. Oh, you'll never thirst again. Just cry out from your dry place. There is no pride in this place. Just cry out from your dry place. Leave your pride behind. It can't come with a river flows. Leave your pride behind. It can't come with a river flows. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He's standing at the well. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Oh, he's standing at the well. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He's staring at you right now. Saying, child, do you really want to drink? How desperate are you for living water this morning? Oh, I ain't here to play any games. Are you here to drink of the living water? Are you here to play a game? Then you just, you just need to turn around and walk away. If you don't want anything from me. But if you want living water, you came to the right place. If you want something new, you came to the right place. If you're ready to live, then fix your eyes. Oh. 
Lord this morning. Yes. Anybody? Yeah. Really? Really? I want to ask that again. Your body says one thing, your mouth is saying another. Who here came to worship the Lord? That's a little better. Who here came to be entertained by the, the Gathering Place worship band? Really? You're not here for us? You don't want to hear our great voices and my guitar? You're not here for us? Did you come to worship Jesus? Okay, then. I want your body to get the memo your mouth is sending. So if you came to worship Jesus, it should look like it. Now, he had no problem going on the cross and dying for you. He had no problem living a sinless life for you. Why do you have a problem getting up and showing respect and saying, I will worship you? Hey, that screen, there ain't going to be nothing on it. I'm going to tell you, that screen ain't your God. We're not your God. We ain't your singers. This isn't Kingdom's Got Talent. I need people up and worshiping the Lord. Alright? We're not playing games here. This is not socialized. If you came to worship the Lord, come in here and worship the Lord. You don't need us to tell you what to sing. You should have a song in your heart. And if you don't have a song in your heart,
Yeah. <laughs> 
different from everyone and he everyone here has got a well that innermost being right that never runs dry now he's standing at that well going where have you been where have you been you know you can come and get a drink anytime so you need to cry out in your dry place you need to visualize it right now what is that dry place in my life where is the river not flowing where is it desolate where is it dead doesn't matter if it seems like it's a small issue or it's the biggest thing in your life right now. And you need to go to that spot in the spirit. Stand right there and say, River of God, flow in my life now. This does not have to be a desert. This does not have to be a dry and desolate land. This can be a flourishing garden of God. And I say right now, Jesus, let your river flow. I will drink from the living water. I will see a river of living water flow out of my life. And I will see a garden grow everywhere around. If you need to touch your body and it's a dry place, touch your body. If it's in your mind, touch your mind. But right now, we're going to proclaim it. We're going to proclaim that the river of God flows in our lives this morning. You ready? Here we go. River of God, flow in my life. 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 
I see a hand reaching for a door handle. And when they open the door, it's the most beautiful scene I've ever seen. It's just this open field. But when the door's closed, it's just dark. It's just dark. But when you open the door, the light comes in. But the key in that equation is you making the choice to open the door. A lot of times we'll stay in a dark place solely on our choosing. The door's been unlocked. He has knocked. He says, come into a brand new day where I have a new name for you. I have a ring that signifies authority. I have a robe that says that you're royalty. It's a beautiful garden right here. There's a river that you can drink from that you will never thirst again. Why do you stay behind that door in the dark? Afraid of living. Afraid of what will be the answer. Don't listen to the lies anymore. Whatever lie has kept you in that dark place, and this is for somebody specific. Whatever lie has kept you in the place where it's dark, and you think the dark brings safety, but all the dark does is keep you from living. All the dark does is separate you from the light. And when you open that door, you see that it doesn't even exist. Because once the light comes in, there can be no darkness. So this morning, in the spirit, if that's speaking to you, you need to take your hand and open that door. You see it. You see it right now. And you need to shove it open. And you need to walk through. You have got to step into the light because he is in the light and life is in the light and love is in the light. Your new name is in the light because he is in the light. Your new day is in the light because he is in the light. Your promise is in the light because he is in the light. He doesn't reside in the dark because light and dark can't be in the same place. Step His light is life. 
darkness will not prevail his light is light darkness will not prevail will not prevail step out of the dark and into the light his glory is light is life step out of the dark and into the light his glory is light is life step out of the dark and into the light his glory is light is life step out of the dark and into the light his glory is light is life step out of the dark and into the light his glory is light is life step out of the dark and into the light step out of
claim that this morning if you're gonna step into a brand new day there can only be one king there can only be one throne and that's the throne of Jesus every promise comes with his authority if you step and you bow before the king of kings every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord Jesus is Lord every knee shall
overcome Jesus your blood is overcome Jesus oh your blood is overcome Jesus oh it covers our sin it covers me you are my banner you are my victory you are my banner you are my victory Jesus oh your blood is covers me yes your blood's my victory oh your blood it covers me oh your blood's my victory oh your blood it covers me oh your blood's my victory oh your name is a strong tower run into and are safe oh your name's a strong tower and we run and we are safe yes your blood it covers me oh it covers me in victory yes your blood it covers me yes your blood's my victory oh your blood it covers me Oh, your blood's my victory. Yes, your blood it covers me. Oh, your blood is my victory. Oh, your blood it covers me. And your blood is my victory. Oh, your blood it covers me. And your blood is my victory. Oh, your blood. I think this is a perfect time as we go into this a perfect time to go into communion it's a perfect time to go into communion we want to receive communion this morning where's brother Tommy you're right there brother make sure we get this mic loud enough so you can hear him 
Tom, Tom, Tommy's a preacher now. You got that back there? There we go. There we go. Hey, if you guys need your communion cups, raise your hand. We'll get them out to you. If you didn't get the elements yet, just raise your hand. We have people bringing them. Is that not power? The word says that the anointing breaks the yoke. And great praise and worship come in. The anointing fills the room and removes every religious spirit, every judgmental heart. Even though you're not used to it, you heard the metal hit the floor. The yoke was broken. Most of them made of wood, but it's got metal with it. But this is the anointing. When God fills his house with the spirit of song. In Second Chronicles, it says that God wanted the worshipers and the musicians to play a mighty sound with a shout. He filled the countryside with a shout. And no doubt the enemy heard that. They probably moved their camp back a few miles. So the anointing breaks the yoke. We're going to say a scripture this morning. I know it's going to prepare us in our heart. It's in Galatians 2.20. And I'd like you all to repeat it because it's going to fill up your heart with repentance and completion. And this cup here is a holy thing. The body of Christ and the blood shed on the cross. So the, it's found in Galatians 2.20. It said, and I'll, I'll just start doing segments so you can say it. I am crucified with Christ. Nonetheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ in me. And the life I now live by the blood of Jesus. Now, the King James says is what he done for me, but I like the blood. The blood of Jesus was shed for that. So if you'll get your cracker out, we're going to break the cracker and hold it before God. And we're going to partake of it. <coughs> Jesus took his disciples to the side and he took the bread and distributed it to all the disciples. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat. You got your cup of sacrament. And after he had eaten the bread and the disciples, he took his cup. And he divided it up amongst them and said, drink all of it. And he said, this is my blood that was shed for you on the cross. So take your sacrament. Thank you, Father God, for your victory. For giving us victory. For empowering us to live this life out of the flesh. For we're spirit and we're led by the spirit. For you are spirit. So we thank you, Father God. John 4.24 is true in our life. We worship him in truth and spirit. Amen. Come on. Man, who believes that this morning, that that blood, man, that is it. I want to go right back into that, Ryan, because that, mm, I wanted you to slow down there for a moment so we could go back into it. Yeah. Because I felt that was the perfect time to understand the power of the blood and what his blood has done for us. Man. So I know for some of y'all, 
I just want to go back into that, and I just really want to give that moment, uh, give us a moment to understand what just happened and what he did for us uh, so we can just receive that this morning. So let's go back into some, a little bit of worship, and let's, yes. let's see what God wants to do this morning. in the blood of Jesus and you have entryway into the holy of holies and there's nothing keeping you back oh there's nothing standing between you and our holy God now except for his love oh nothing stands between us now Lord except for your love we're wrapped in your love this morning cause we're covered in your blood
Listen, I want everybody's eyes closed. Do not look around. What we were talking about earlier is that the blood of Jesus became a doorway back into the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies, basically in a nutshell, is the presence of God. In the garden, we walked and talked with God. There was no separation. The blood of Jesus, and because of the Holy Spirit being in our body, or in our spirit, he, we are now a temple for His Spirit. There is nothing separating us. So He wants to meet with you in that Holy of Holies of your heart. So right now, I want you to close your eyes if you haven't yet. And I want you, if you know the voice of the Lord, I want you to listen for Him. I want you to sit and wait and listen, because He's right there with you. He's always talking. You just got to listen. If you can't hear the voice of the Lord, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they will not follow another. So I want you to pray today as you're waiting in that place. Lord, I want to hear your voice. And every wall of fear that keeps me from hearing your voice because I'm your child, break it down today. I want to hear your voice. Because if you cannot be guided by the shepherd, you don't know where you're going. So you need to go into that secret place and you need to wait patiently if you don't know his voice. If you do know his voice, you need to listen. You need to wait and listen. Do not get antsy like you need to do something else. Where you got to go? Sit there and be patient and listen for his voice, what he wants to say to you. He wants to intersect and have a relational encounter with every single person in this place. He is outside of time, so he can speak to each of you in your own timeline without there being any eruption. He doesn't have to be in one place at one time. He can talk to each of you in that secret place. If you still can't hear a voice, I want you to visualize the face of Jesus. Just like when you're a child, you could close your eyes and you could think of anything and pop it, it'd pop right in your head. Visualize the face of Jesus and expect an encounter. Expect him to show you something. We're just going to play. We are not going to steal any of your attention. All focus on Jesus. Fix your spiritual eyes on Jesus and see what he wants to say to you this morning. See what he wants to show you.
come on. Come on, come on. You know, Papa wants to do something this morning inside of us. He wants you to be released. He wants you to, to move in a different way. What that means is that, uh, like, he wants us to jump in the river. He wants us to float with him, which means there's no effort involved. He wants us to get in the boat and let that boat flow, which means you're supposed to be in the boat. You're supposed to just let him take you in a direct. You shouldn't have to paddle. You shouldn't have to do any of that stuff. This is not hard. This is getting in a boat, getting in him, allowing him to direct you where you want to go. Let him speak to your heart. But what stops a boat from moving is an anchor. And there's been way too many anchors placed in your heart, in your head, in your mind, from other people, from other things, from, from yourself, maybe things we've done that we've attached an anchor to the boat that stops us from trusting him. It stops us from flowing with him. But man, when he died on the cross, he said, I severed every rope. I've disconnected you from every anchor, not just the anchor. Like, man, when you surrendered to him and, and he said, man, I love you. I forgive you. When you make that initial move towards Jesus, he doesn't just like heal you from everything up to that point. He takes care of you forever. So him dying on the cross wasn't a moment in time. That was us forever dying on the cross for you forever but all these things tie in all these things become an anchor all these thoughts that that um man you're you've done something wrong so you you can't come in front of him all these thoughts that that maybe something's happened in your life and you just don't feel good enough to come these are anchors that you tied to your own boat not his because he says i love you and we got to break those anchors off some anchors are things we were taught as a kid i was sitting up here and i see guys come up to the altar some people think that when you come to the altar it's because you're dealing with sin people are always told if you're dealing with sin come to the altar i come to the altar because i'm overwhelmed with his love it has nothing to do with anything i've done in my life it has everything to do with who i'm worshiping that's why i come to the altar but see we don't think that way because we didn't grow up that way we're like oh they're going to the altar pray for them no and these people are coming to the altar because they love him and they're gonna worship him and this is as close as they can get right now <laughs> it's a good spot it's like my favorite spot we got oil right here from dumping on heads to i got drool over there <laughs> these are good spots to be my man we got to learn to just cut ties with all those anchors that have ever been in our heart that people put in our minds saying we're not good enough we can't do this he doesn't love us cut those ties because he loves you he wants to be close to you mm. and when you sever those ties when you sever those anchors you start to float man and his love just directs you where he wants you to go things become a whole lot easier you are accepted you are loved you're a son you're a daughter come on but that's what stops us from moving in that is those thoughts that we're not good enough. I was just seeing that this morning when we were singing, we were talking about the river. I just thought, man, so many anchors out there. So many anchors that we allow in our mind. 
that tells us we can't come before him, we can't let him love us, we're not good enough. So we're going to get all that out of our mind this morning. If you came in with that, you don't leave out of here with that. You need to understand you serve a phenomenal, phenomenal Papa who loves you. He cares for you. His grace is enough. Come on. beginning of the year this is a season for encounters this is a season to seek him a different way Set my sight on the sun. I 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 set my sight on the sun.
you know, doubt's an anchor. Last week we talked about trusting in the Lord, trusting in Him. Even when it doesn't seem right, we said trust in Him. I just feel it in my heart this morning that there's still people that have been praying about stuff and and, and even making deals with Him, saying... Man, if this is truly you and I want to know you and you love me, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for something and I'm going to expect you to show up. He's just showing me doubt in the room today that there's doubt in that. You need to let that go. We need to trust in him with everything. Like I said last week, if, we're, if it's something he tells you to do, you trust in him with obedience. But if you're praying to him about something, you need to trust in his love and you just need to believe that you gave it to him and he's a good, good father and you're just going to trust him. You're just going to trust him with it. So don't have doubt. We need to release the doubt this morning. That doubt's a big anchor and it's holding you back. Don't doubt him, trust him. thanksgiving and praise ah we love you father we love you we love you we love you we thank you for the hearts in this room we thank you for hearts that are being massaged right now just loved on right now i thank you for the hearts that are changing right now and minds that are changing repentance their minds that are changing the way they think right now Mm. So, Father, I see the puzzle, and I see how you're maneuvering things, and we thank you for that. So we thank you for your grace, Father. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your comfort in times of loss. We thank you for what you're doing in this family. Father, we thank you for severed anchors right now. And we thank you for an opportunity to always be flowing in the river, Lord. So, Father, have your way. Have your way in this place. Have your way in the hearts in this room. Have your way with everybody watching online, Lord. Come on, show up right now in a mighty way. 
Come on, saturate us with your love and your peace and your comfort. Mm. Come on, I see somebody skipping in their spirit right now. I see somebody that was just touched and they're skipping in their spirit. Come on. Ah, Lord. Yes. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Come on, we just lift you up this morning. We honor you. We praise you. We love you, Father. We surrender to you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Come on. Look, if you're in the middle of something, stay there. This is not an opportunity for you to get up. If he's speaking to you, stay there. If your neighbor's just in prayer, let them stay there. Don't touch them. Don't mess with them. Um, we're going to kind of transition and um, while they're doing this I want you to prepare your heart we're going to receive offering this morning uh, we'll have offering buckets up here we'll have some giving ways online that'll be up on the on the screen for you guys to see but God's doing something mighty in this house through us and in us and into this world we're touching people we're touching people in this city Come on, in Africa. Mm, come on, God's doing mighty things through us. We're just thankful we can meet. We're thankful we can gather. Thankful that we can come together as a family. Mm, we do that, and we're able to do that because of your hearts to give. And it's not a place where we twist your arm. Look, I tell people all the time, I want you to give with a cheerful heart. If you're not cheerful, keep it. But I also ask people to trust the Lord. Sometimes he's going to tell you to give something. And you go, really? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> and then you trust him. Um, but man, just be cheerful about it because God's using you in a mighty way. He's using you for the vision in this house and for the vision of his kingdom. He uses you not only by your presence and serving and loving on people, but he uses your finances too. So we thank you for that. We thank you for that. So, Father, we're just going to ask you to bless this offering, Father. Multiply it for your needs. Use it for your kingdom, whatever that might be. Lord, just lead the way in that. Touch the hearts in this house. Touch the hearts in this house. And, Father, we ask you to bless these kids. Be with these kiddos, Lord, for the ones that, that are going back to the children's ministry. We ask you to be with the teachers and the pastors. Father, just love on them. Hmm. Let them receive and understand their identity in Christ as a beloved child. So, Father, we just pray that over them. Father, we thank you for generations and legacies. So, Father, have your way with our kids. We just love you. And we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Guys, we're going to take about a 10-minute break, use the restroom, get some water, some coffee, whatever it is. We'll be right back. You can stay in here and just soak if you want.
Good morning. Check, 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 check. One, two. Check, check, check. There we go. A little more. Is that good? Is that too loud for y'all? Let me get situated. Come on. How's everybody doing? Oh, wow. I didn't even see Ken clap his hands. Hey, how's everybody doing, Ken? <laughs> hey, Ken, stand up. Come on up here. Come on up here. I did. I did. It's funny because we got this from somebody else the other day that, that talked about this. This is Ken. He's my stunt double. Um, I had to take my vest off because he had the DJ starter kit on. <laughs> I'm trying to teach him how to grow a beard, but you know. It won't grow. So it's, <laughs> we got this deal that if something happens to me, he's going to hop up. You guys ain't going to know the difference. He's just going to step on up here. I love you, brother. I had to take my vest off. I said, we're we looking alike. No, I was hot. It was hot in here. Y'all comfortable now? It's not so hot? Comfortable? Good. Good, good, good. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I love it. We get confused all the time, me and Ken. He's at the gym. I'm at the store eating food. <laughs> Keep working out for me, brother. I need all the help I can get. Come on, everybody's doing good this morning? Yeah. Look, this, uh, we did it different this morning. I told you we were going to show up early. We did a 9.30 start for Encounter. Um, and, man, we started worshiping at 9.30. And, you know, last week I was, I was joking about Ryan, you know, playing until his fingers bled. But he was bleeding up there. It's all over his guitar. His poor fingers are all blood. I was like, come on, man. There's stuff on the carpet. Your shampooers out there. Just bring it up. But yeah, he was playing until his fingers bled. That's pretty awesome stuff. But what I'm saying is that we created an opportunity this morning that kind of changed how things were. We came in at 930 and said, service doesn't start till 10, but we're going to start just worshiping at 930 and just soak in the area and soak in it and soak in it. And so by the time some people showed up, man, we've been in this thing for a while, um, but it was good. It was really good. Everybody enjoy this morning so far? Come on. Come on. That's just setting it up, man. That is... That is setting it up, what God wants to do in this house with us. So I thank you all. 
So we're going to keep doing that. So if that's you, if you want more of that, then start showing up at 930 and that gets you into the flow really quick. And um, then we get to see where God wants to go. Um, But thank you all. If you're new here, uh, do me a favor, fill out a connect card. Uh, You can do that on that little digital thing right there. You can pick one up at the connection point, fill that out. If you fill that out, we'll reach out to you. Just really ask you some questions, see, you know, if we can answer any questions, we want to pray for you, those things. Um, I do send out letters. I do apologize. I think there's two letters on my desk that I didn't get to this week. So hopefully we reached out to you, but you'll get your letters in the mail this week because I got to write some letters. Um, but I didn't get to that this week, but please fill that out if you're new. If, if you don't, we didn't know you were here. We can't just at least answer questions or let you know we're paying for you or any of those things. So take a little bit of time, fill that out. Uh, I'm going to go through some, oh, if you want more information, go to our website or our app. You can download the app. You can go to the website. Uh, you can get all kinds of information about who we are, what we're doing. Uh, giving statements, your end of year giving statements, they should have been e- emailed out yesterday. So last night, uh, they should have went out. So you should have got those. If you had multiple emails, <laughs> some people use multiple emails to give from. We don't understand that. So they went, check all three because they all went to one. We had to merge them and they went to one of your emails. If you don't get it, that's fine. We can print them out, and we have some printed out. Um, so if you, if you did not get it in your email, just let us know. We'll, we'll print one out for you, get it to you, and get all that stuff taken care of. We thank you guys so much uh, for a phenomenal year of giving and pouring into the vision and what God's doing. It's absolutely amazing, so we thank you for that. And those statements are out there. Don't hesitate to ask if you don't have them. Uh, we are. Uh, this is kind of just some news uh, that won't be on a slide, but every year we do an XO conference, which is usually in February, but we... With our gathering happening at the end of the month and all that stuff, we're still going to do an XO conference. Or, oh, yeah, XO marriage conference. So that's a marriage conference for everybody. XO love, winky emoji. The other love that some people will know from <laughs> some, of the, some of the messages I shared with a winky emoji. Um, but <laughs> married couples should love that one. Uh, anyway, uh, we're going to do the marriage conference anyway, but it's not going to be in February. Okay, there's actually a lot of marriage conferences going on in February. Uh, we're actually just going to do ours in April. So it's still coming, but we, between the gathering and everything going on, we're not trying to stretch the staff and trying to fit everything in. There is no rule, rhyme, or reason why we want to do it at a certain time every year. But we are going to do that. So I, I love marriages. We want to pour into relationships. Uh, but we're going to do that. We're just going to wait till April when things... You know, we've got Easter and stuff in in March, and we're going to be away in March, and things going on. So when we come back in April, it's going to be on. We're going to have a good marriage conference, so look forward to seeing more about that. Uh, January 26th is our not-so-medieval times. (laughs) However you say that, it's so good, the the mid-not-so-evil times gathering. So this is just a family gathering right here on the 26th, which is Friday, this upcoming Friday. Please register. This is... uh, um, teenagers, and so this is like, uh, what, is, what is the gathering with the kids? Is it the, the tribe? Is it sixth grade? Sixth grade and up. So uh, if you're in sixth grade or up, we have that. If not, we do not have childcare available. So please make room for child, find a place for childcare. Uh, but please sign up. Let us know you're coming. We have phenomenal food. You can dress up. You can do all. We're, gonna, we're celebrating a year. So we're going to celebrate that, do life together, eat a bunch of food, hang out, um, play games, have fun. So we're excited about that. Scan that thing, sign up, let us know you're coming so we can order the right amount of food. Bring a side dish. I love my wife. Bring a side dish or dessert. This is why she sits in the front row. Um, Some ideas for side dishes that will match everything we're doing. Bring what you want, but if you like to roast 
Roasted root vegetables? That's something? <laughs> Jim Paul, that's new. What's a root vegetable? Okay, roast them. Uh, <laughs> fruits, cobblers, corn on the cob, deviled eggs, fresh baked breads, sourdough, braided. <laughs> yep, breads, nuts, cheeses, and breadsticks. Stuff like that. Bring it, man, that's good. My screen's a whole lot bigger than that screen right there. I'm just letting y'all know. Um, but please uh, bring in some good food. Uh, we're going to have a good time. Uh, we might even have a chance. I think we're going to have some armor on so somebody can get beat up with a sword. <laughs> so if you get put in the armor, you got to take the beating with the sword, Ken. <laughs> but good stuff. Anyway, we're going to have a good time. We look forward to that. Um, other things that are always going on this Monday night, we have prayer. So come experience this on Monday night. Let's pray for this place. Pray for everybody on the crosses. Pray for this city. Pray for the church. It's awesome. Come on out at 6 o'clock on Mondays. Wednesday night services are our student ministry and our children's ministry all on Wednesday nights. Uh, they start around 6-ish if you get out here around that time. Uh, get your kids out here. They can't do life alone. Man, they need to be uh, surrounded by people that, 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 that understand and, and walk with them and talk with them and love with them. It's just perfect, man. These kids love each other. Uh, a lot of great things coming out of our students and our, our children. And that's Wednesday services. And small groups will be coming. We'll announce that. The last big thing, and I talked a lot about it last week. I won't talk so much about this week, but we are leaving uh, Aaron and I. What's up, brother? We are, we are leaving uh, in, at the end of February. I think the dates were the 18th, I think, 16th, something like that, 18th. We have tickets already. We're going over to uh, Benin, Africa, which is the birthplace of voodoo. Uh, we have an uh, orphanage over there that we're teamed up with and pouring into. Um, Pastor Jason and Misty, they are the apostles over the orphanage. And um, not only orphanage, but they have Hopegate churches planted over there that are coming out of the, the orphanage. They're, they're being planted all over the place, man. We're pouring into them. So we're ordaining people and baptizing kids and just loving on kids, 135 kids, lots of phenomenal things going on. We are pouring into them financially. You guys have been doing a phenomenal job with that. Um, all kinds of stuff. If you scan that little code, that'll take you to a website that shows you everything happening uh, with the orphanage, with the ministries, where you can give specifically to certain things. If you wanna, if you feel God telling you to help out with some stuff, uh, we're building catfish houses uh, or farms uh, so we can raise like 500 catfish in each tank. We're building uh, chicken houses and for 2,000 chickens. So this is all so they can, they can do this on their own and sustain over there. So they won't need everybody giving money all the time to make sure the kids have, you know, the medicines and the school and all that stuff. The point is to get them to a point where they can make their own money and provide for themselves. And then we get to go and love on them and pour into them. That's phenomenal. So um, thanks everybody for giving already. Uh, and if you want to give more, we want to bless them when we get over there. We want to be a blessing uh, as we pour into them. So we're just excited about that. They already have a bunch of new stuff because uh, people have been giving. So uh, great opportunity there. Anyway, let me pray and then we're going to talk. Father, we love you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you for everybody here today, Father. We thank you for what you're doing in this house, in our hearts, in my mind. Touch my heart right now. Touch my lips. Let it be all of you, none of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Whew. So, wow. I had a busy night, a busy early morning trying to figure out, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? And this is how it works. And, you know, I have, 
I had given them tons of scripture over the last two weeks. And like last week, we barely got into anything. And this week I was like, maybe I'm supposed to go back into that. And then I didn't get that answer. And he just said, you're going to, he gave me a whole bunch of scripture. And he was like, you're going to read a whole bunch of stuff. And I was like, okay, maybe that's where you want me to go. Um, So I've got a bunch of stuff I want to read, a lot of things I want to talk about. But what we went into in worship and how we were talking about the anchor all kind of flows into. Those are things God gave me this morning while I was sitting here worshiping was the anchor and stuff. What he gave me this morning when I went in the cabinet is the fact that I have a wife um, in our pantry that she likes things organized. Like everything's in a glass plastic container with stuff written on it and it's all like lined up and it's in all these containers. So if you buy stuff, you've got to put it in the container and write it on this. Yeah, that's a special gift. Okay, so it wasn't always like that. This is something she's always wanted to do and I just thought it was silly. But when you start opening the pantry up and we have multiple pantries, but when you open the pantry up and you're like, I don't even know what we got. And then you go buy more stuff. Like we must have like 8,000 club crackers. But because the pantry gets full, I don't know if you're, look, maybe you guys are cleaner than us, but our pantry gets full. And next thing you know, you got stuff everywhere. And once in a while you get a fruit fly and you're like, where'd that come from? And then you find some old potatoes. Anybody been there? Everybody's like, no, what you talking about? Yeah, there's some old potatoes that bring fruit flies. But what it showed me this morning, I walked by because I was going into the restaurant. I walked by, I was like, and he just hit me. I'm like, you mean I've been up since three o'clock this morning. I didn't go to bed till like 11 last night. 1130. I've been up since three and I walk by this thing and he just hits me. Boom. While I'm looking at this stuff. And he goes, she had to clean out the pantry because there was stuff in there that was old, that was no good anymore, that was taking up space, that wasn't allowing us to put anything else in there. And he said, this is what's happening. And I was like, what do you like? Okay. (laughs) I'm simplistic, Lord, you need to help me. And he goes, I'm I'm showing you this because now that she did all this organizing and she did all this yesterday, there's tons of room and there's tons of space to put in whatever else you want to put in. So what he was showing me was that we're walking around carrying so much stuff inside of us that is old and worn out, no good anymore, but we've hung onto it. We don't even know what we have, but it's weighing us down and what it's stopping us What it's stopping God from doing is being able to pour into us in a new way. You you know the scripture, you know, you can't put new wine in old wineskin, right? And he says, what he was showing me in the pantry this morning, like at, you know, 8.30, while we were waiting on Flava to get ready, was he just opened my eyes like immediately and said, how many people have all this stuff that's stopping me from doing what I want to do in their life? And I was like, whoa. So then I started tying that into all kinds of stuff in my head that started flowing. Like, what is it that stops us from understanding who we are in him? Right? What stops us from understanding we're children, we're his, he loves us. There's baggage with that. There's all that stuff. And we've been talking about this for a long time. But when I started seeing that, he started putting it together. He goes, you need to start cleaning some stuff up. It's time to clean out the pantry. It's time to clean out your heart, clean out your mind. It's time to get rid of all the stuff that was put in there that's no longer, no longer good. Guess what? It was good at one point. Everything we put in that pantry was good at one point. But it's got an expiration date. And for some of us, not even bad stuff. 
for some of us, God put stuff in us that was good, like honey buns. They're good, Ken. I don't care what you say. I eat a whole pack. But they even have an expiration date. They're good, but they have an expiration date. So there's stuff God's done in your life, put inside of you, is working inside of you. At one time, it was really good, but it expired. And he says, you know what? It might be good still if you trust the FDA. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> we got talk back over here. I love it. I like feedback. But, but this is what it is. He said, there's some stuff that was really good at one point that God's done in your life. And there's some stuff that wasn't good at all. And you bought it <laughs> and you just put it in there. So there's some stuff you've listened to, you heard that maybe the enemy spoke to you that you bought it. It wasn't good. It didn't taste good. And you didn't throw it out because you said, I'll use it one day. Come on, y'all, y'all picking up what I'm putting down. Come on, you guys tracking. Don't get me in my military times now. Come on. This is what he's saying though. He goes, what stuff have, have you stored that you haven't let go? And now you're not allowing me to come in and do what I want to do in a new season, in a new time. And some of this stuff, you know what I call that? And this would be a very generic term. So I want to use it generically because I'm not trying to offend people. Religion. Can I use the term religion in this? Which, which is anything that weighs you down, anything that stops you from believing what God's doing in your heart that you're actually feeling that you don't understand, but you're like, man, this is so good. And then you get around people and you start talking and they go, ah, it's not that good. And they start questioning how you're feeling and what you're experiencing and the encounters you're having. And you're like, but you don't understand. Like, like, no, I, I met him and I walked into, some of you, you walked into church and all of a sudden it was like instantly and you walked in one person and instantly there was something that happened inside of you and you changed, right? And then when you walked out, you were a different person that day. And then every day you woke up, you, you got a little bit better and a little bit better. And all of a sudden you got around people that you used to hang around with and they're like, what's wrong with you? Like you're different and you're like, yeah, I've been, I've been transformed. There's been a transformation inside of me through an encounter. Y'all picking this up? We are in a season of encounter that when you encounter him, the way we're giving you opportunities to encounter him, is that a little bright? Is it shining off my head? Okay. I appreciate that, Ryan. So, so if we actually take the opportunities, the encounters that we're having right now, that we're giving you opportunities and you, you actually go all in and not worry about what anybody thinks, what everybody's talking about, anything you heard, let's clean out the pantry. Let's get all those ideas that you can't do this and you can't do that. And you can't raise your hands and you can't sit down and you can't lay on your face and you can't blow a horn or wave a flag and you can't have an electric guitar and you can't make it really loud or really quiet. Let's get rid of all these thoughts and go, Lord, I just want you. And let him come in and start wrecking you and changing how you think. Changing how you think. Because I'm telling you, it's in us. I mentioned it during worship. That used to be the biggest thing on my head when I saw somebody come up to the altar. I wanted to go pray for him because I was like, man, something's going on. I don't even know what it is. I want to pray for this guy. And they're just like weeping and you're, you feel bad for them. And they're like, no, man, like I'm kissing his feet right now. Like, leave me alone. But in my mind, because I, I was trained just in a little bit of church growing up, I did, that they always told people, come on, if you're dealing with something, come to the altar. 
They never said, if you just love Jesus, why don't you just come on up here and just lay out and have a good time and just worship him because that's what we're here to do. Right? So we got to get all these little, they're little tiny things too. These aren't even big things. These are just things that make you go, really? Like when I say the term grace, some people go, ooh, watch that word. That's all Paul taught. (laughs) Grace. Man. But when you hear grace, people go, you better watch that. Better better watch that grace stuff because then people start thinking they can do anything. Hmm. Funny part is his grace covers everything. And when you understand how much he loves you and how powerful his grace is and how much he's not gonna tear you down, how he wants to lift you up and love on you, instantly things change inside of you. And it's no longer, we're not focused on the sin. Why are we focused on the problem when we should be focusing on what fixes it? Fix our eyes on him, focus on him and everything else will go away. And don't look, and this is where people get caught because they go, well, I was in church last week, felt great and then I messed up. And some of that mess, I'm not talking about bad, bad, bad stuff. I'm talking about you, you judged somebody. You got angry with somebody. You didn't like what somebody was doing. These are little tiny things that all are the same thing. And God says, I need you to love people. I, 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 man, love them the way I love you. Love everybody else how I loved you. And then start thinking about how much he loves you, which is why we're talking so deeply about his love. Because if you don't understand how much he loves you, you truly don't know how to love other people, Right? So once you understand how much he loves you, then you can love other people in a whole different way. So encounters are huge. Encounters are what we're seeking because when we're in the encounter, things are changing inside of us. And it's a process, right? This is a process, y'all. Like, like it's okay to, to come up here on a Sunday weeping and get your heart wrecked and everything changes and then come back the next Sunday. It's okay um, to come in and go, man, I need to talk to somebody. Don't feel ashamed of that. It's a process, but there's going to be a point when he doesn't want you to think that way. There's going to be a point that comes in your life where you're like, you know what? I'm doing good. I'm doing good because I know who I am and I'm not going to allow the shame. I'm not going to allow any of that stuff. I'm not going to allow what the enemy's trying to tell me in my head to direct my worship, to direct what I do to stop me from being who God wants me to be because he loves me. He has a plan for us and a purpose for us. And we just got to walk through it. So I want to talk about an encounter. So for, before I get into a lot of scripture, <laughs> I want to talk about an encounter. And it's like my favorite encounter in the Bible. So I want to talk about Saul. And I'm just going to read it um, because I'm going to read through Acts. We're going to go to Acts 9, 1 through 22. <laughs> 1 through 22. I'm going to read from the TPT the Passion Translation. It'll be up on the screen. Or you can flip to it. Acts 9, 1 through 22. It says, During those days, Saul, full of angry threats and rage, wanted to murder the disciples of the Lord Jesus. So he went to ask the high priest and requested a letter of authorization he could take to the Jewish leaders in Damascus, requesting their cooperation in finding and arresting any who were followers of the way. Saul wanted to capture all the, capture all the believers he found, both men and women, and drag them as prisoners back to Jerusalem. So he ordained the authorization and left for Damascus. So let's, let's talk about that real quick. This is Saul. He is, he is a chief 
Pharisee. He knows the law. He knows the word. He knows everything out there. He is he has been studied up. He has all the wisdom, all the knowledge. He is the man and he's doing everything they tell him to do. And he's actually bringing in and taking everybody that believes in Jesus and he's taking them to be prisoners and killing them. They're killing some of them. They're stoning them. Bad things are happening. This is a bad dude. Like I've seen movies, you know, they try to depict him and he's this little, I mean, and actually if you read about him and you get into the word, it'll start describing a little bit. He sounds like he was just this little tiny, like dude, but he was a bad dude. Like he didn't like Christians and he says, I'm going to, to get more. And so, so this was, for the most part, he had a ton of knowledge though. He could tell you everything there was about the law. He could tell you everything there was about all that, about who God was and, and all. He could tell you everything because he studied hard since he was a kid. So then it says, Let's pick it back up. He said, just outside the city. So he's walking. So he ordained authorization and left for Damascus. Just outside the city, a brilliant light flashing from heaven suddenly exploded all around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a booming voice say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? The men accompanying Saul were stunned and speechless for they heard a heavenly voice but could see no one. Saul replied, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, the victorious the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city where you will be told what you are to do. So here he is walking down the road and has an encounter. <laughs> That's an encounter. You know, I think there's multiple kinds of encounters. I, I kind of like the encounters where he just kind of comes in and loves on me and I just like lock eyes with him and we're just enjoying a dance. I like that encounter. This is one of those that says, look at... <laughs> Now look me in the eyes and let me tell you what's going to happen. This is the, the, the encounter that changes you instantly. All right. So he has this encounter. He says, uh, um, so Saul stood to his feet and even though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. He was blind. So the men had to take him by the hand and lead him into Damascus. For three days, he didn't eat or drink and couldn't see a thing. So there you go. So he, he loses his sight. He loses, you know, when I think about this story, I think about someone who's powerful, somebody that, that everybody is believing in. They're fearful of him. And all of a sudden, one encounter with Jesus, and he can't see, he can't do anything, right? He's just lost everything. So now he can only hear. Hearing's probably one of the most important things we do in life is to hear his voice, right? So he says, I'm going to take your sight away, Right? I'm going to take your side away. You're going to have to trust me. He said, get to the city. Trust me. And all his guys help him, right? So he says for, let's see. So living in Damascus was a believer named uh, Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling his name Ananias. Yes, Lord. Ananias answered. The Lord said, go at once to the street called Abundance and look for a man from Tarsus named Saul. You will find him at Judah's house. While he was praying, he saw, he saw in a supernatural vision a man named Ananias coming to lay hands upon him to restore his sight. So here you have two things going on. Once there's somebody in that city that's listening. There's somebody in that city who has a relationship with him so deep that he's like, hey, do me a favor, man. There's gonna be a guy coming. <laughs> You're gonna go over there and meet him. So this is not like, like this is somebody who has a deep relationship with the Lord and you don't hear a whole bunch about him. 
But man, he's going to listen to him. He knows him. He's had encounters with him. He understands who he is in his eyes. I'm sure there's a little doubt there because we're going to talk about that. But Lord, Ananias, Ananias said, many have told me about his terrible persecution of those in Jerusalem who you are devoted to. In fact, the high priest has authorized him to seize and imprison all those in Damascus who call on your name. And the Lord Yahweh answered him, arise and go. I have chosen this man to be my special messenger. He will be brought before kings, before many nations, and before the Jewish people to give them the revelation of who I am. And I will show him how much he is destined to suffer because of his passion for me. So the Lord's telling him, I don't care. So you can have an amazing relationship with the Lord and question. So if you've ever questioned him, it's okay. That happens. Trust is a real thing and you got to trust. But here's the guy that says, hold on. <laughs> like you're telling me you want like this dude, like of everybody in the world, this dude, <laughs> you could have picked anybody. You want the guy that's here killing people. And he said, yeah, not only am I gonna, gonna renew him, I'm gonna use him to change the world. So now we got to take our religious lens off because a lot of times we'll count people out just based on what they've done. We will, we will immediately look at people, hear stories and say, you are no longer valuable. He's not going to use you in a mighty way. This is what gets put in our head. And here he's going, I'm going to take this guy to prove to you all that if you follow me, if you trust me, if you believe in me, I can use you to change the world. This is what can happen, right? And, and he can use any of us to make that happen with somebody else. It takes trust on both sides. Ananias was probably a really good guy, I'm assuming. Enough to where the Lord called on him by name and said, go lay hands on this dude. And he was like, okay, <laughs> pretty good guy. He could use any one of us in that position. So what has God called you to do what has he asked you to do? Who has he asked you to go even speak to or pray to or talk to that you were like, mm, not that guy. And he's like, you don't understand what I'm trying to do. I already blinded him. I already blinded him. I just need you to go lay hands on him and speak to him. But we're hesitant because of stuff that's been in us, the anchors that are in us, the, the old expired stuff in us that says, come on, like, Really? Is that guy deserving? I mean, I could imagine this is what he's saying, really. You're going to use that guy? Does he deserve this? God doesn't care about any of that stuff. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. Because he knows he has a passion for him. Because Yahweh tells him right here, he says, I'm going to show him. I'm going to show him how much he is destined to suffer because of his passion for me. One encounter... Huge transformation changes everything we know, even about the Bible and about God. So it says, Ananias left and found the house where Saul was staying. He went inside, laid his hands on him, saying, Saul, my brother, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me to pray for you so that you might see again and be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. He goes, he sent me to lay hands on you, brother, I don't know, man. It's like if someone came in here with a hunting outfit on saying, hey, it's hunting time for a bald guy with a beard. 
I'm not going to walk up and say, hey, brother, <laughs> we should probably hang out together. That's why all the deer run from me in the woods. They say the same thing. They're laughing at me, all the cameras, everything. You're not going to go hang out with somebody that wants to take you out. I don't know. We're, we're human, right? We're human. But here, he has to walk up to us. Hey, brother. <laughs> hey, brother. I know you've been searching for me. Chances are you're going to find me and kill me. But now the Lord told me to come lay hands on you, and you're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, everything changes. Everything changes. The fruit of the Spirit start coming out. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. All that comes out through love and things change. And that's what you see happen with this dude. So he was, you cannot ever tell somebody they're too far gone. Because God loves us all. He says, I love y'all. And if you give me a chance, if you just give me a chance. Like, he had to get his attention though. I, you know, I'm pretty sure he wasn't listening to the Lord. <laughs> I'm sure he, he had an idea who the Lord was because he was well studied. He knew the word. He knew the Torah by, you know, you had to recite that thing. So he knew everything about that. He knew the word, man, but he didn't know him. He did not know him. So he said, guess what? I'm going to get to know you a little bit. <laughs> and he stopped him in the middle of his duties of doing what he thought he was called to do to change him forever. And that can happen to any one of us. It's happened to a lot of us, actually. And all at once, the crusty substance that was all over, that was over Saul's eyes disappeared and he could see perfectly. Immediately he got up and was baptized. After eating a meal, his strength returned. Within the hour, he was in the synagogues preaching about Jesus and proclaiming Jesus is the son of God. Those who heard him were astonished saying, saying among themselves, isn't this the Saul who furiously persecuted those in Jerusalem who called on the name of Jesus? Didn't he come here with permission from the high priest to drag them off and take them as prisoners? Saul's power increased greatly as he became more and more proficient in proving that Jesus was the anointed Messiah. Saul remained there for several days with the disciples, even though it agitated the Jews of Damascus. <laughs> so come on, this is a guy that is completely transformed, immediately starts doing some amazing things for God, that nobody could believe. Like, it's instant. And what it does is proves the point that, uh, that when God really gets a hold of you, you look different. Yeah. You sound different. And it's going to take some people a while to go, huh. <laughs> like, you're not the same one. You're not the same person. So your trust in him is different than somebody's trust in you. Right, it's going to take a while for people to look at you as a new person and start believing in you and not talking bad about you and saying you're crazy. And that's okay. Let them talk. 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 Let them say anything they want. They will see as the fruit comes out. So we can't be concerned with what people think about us, only what he thinks about us. So when he changes your heart, just walk in whatever he tells you to do. Be the light in the darkness. Walk out and start changing the world. Love on people. And the people that are naysayers about you, they'll shift. They'll change. This guy did. Right? And if they're true Christians, it won't take long. Because you should feel love instantly. You should feel loved by, I'm sorry, let's just, I'm going to, the term Christian. <laughs> if you claim you're a Christian, you're going to love them the way they were. Does that make sense? You're going to love them when they're doing all the bad stuff. 
because that's what we're supposed to do. So it should be a very quick shift, but it shouldn't look different to them with us. It's only going to look different to them with the people that say they don't know the Lord. But if you say you know the Lord and you say you're a Christian, then this person shouldn't walk in one day and you treat them one way and the next day you treat them another. Because our goal is to love everybody the way we're supposed to love them, which is the way Christ loves us. So there's a challenge for you. We're not supposed to wait for them to come to church. <laughs> You're supposed to love them. Love them in their mess. That's what he did with us. Loved us in our mess. Ah. says that he became the grace preacher. So he went from the legalist to the grace preacher. That's what happened to Paul in that transformation. He went from the guy that said, you got to follow 613 laws to a guy that said, he loves us so much. His grace covers everything. This is who Paul became. And he wrote what? 13 books in the New Testament. We read them all, all the time. But when we mention the word grace, everybody's like, oh, Lord. I remember once, like this was years ago before I was even the pastor. I was just here. I felt like God gave me a name for the church. Like I was in here worshiping all the time and he was like, I got a name for the church. And I mentioned it to somebody and they were like, you better watch that. That's got grace in it. There was a grace movement. And if you get caught up in that grace movement, people aren't gonna come to church because they're gonna be scared of this grace movement thing. I was like, what are you talking about? Because I didn't go to church. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, grace movement. I was like, hey, break it down for me so I know. So I just dropped that and we, you know, I wasn't a pastor anyway. I couldn't change names. <laughs> but it was really weird. That's the first time I actually heard anything like that because I didn't grow up in church. I didn't know that stuff. They said, stay away from that grace stuff. How can I stay away from grace when it's what he's preaching? I don't understand that. It's in the Bible. Uh, you know, a good example, you know, the Saul Paul thing just reminds you that, that we can be amazingly wrong, right? When we think that we're doing something right. Saul didn't know any different. Saul grew up in that. It's what he was trained. It's what he knew, but he thought he was doing right. He's doing what he thinks the Lord wants him to do. He's following the orders of people over him because they're anointed and they're, they're in these high positions and he's just walking it out, man. He didn't know it was wrong until Jesus stopped him in the road. So some people that you think are just bad people, they're not bad people. They were just taught the wrong thing, right? That's why this is so important. That's why what we're trying to do here, church is not just a place to come and check it off the list. It's a place to come get equipped and trained up because church should be happening every day of the week, wherever we go. Like, so, so the point of this gathering is to support each other. Iron sharpens iron. Come on in. We can pray for people. But it, the, the point is, is to be doing this outside the walls, right? To be doing this with everybody we run into, changing lives that way, you know, and then coming back in and going, man, good job. That was awesome. Like, like let me teach you some more. Like, that's what this is all about is equipping and, and getting people prepared uh, to go out and do what God wants us to do. <sighs> Not just wait for people to show up at church so that we can share a different word with them than they probably have ever heard. It's so much easier when you take the word to everybody else. 
you all work in different spots, do different things. Like, I can tell you, you can't get your business to come in here. But you can go to your business. <laughs> you can't bring your whole school in here. But you can go to the school. You just can't. Like, there's things that you... You know, the only time I experienced anything different was that was when I was in the military. <laughs> you know, and they said, you, you, can, you can be a Christian, but we have freedom of religion in here. So everybody can do their own thing. You just can't do it in a crowd. And if so, I had like worship music on in my office and my Bible in my office. And when people would come in and ask questions, I could share it. Then we would have prayer meetings and gatherings for those that really wanted that, that knew that. But I couldn't walk into my classroom to teach and be like, hey, guys, let's just talk about God real quick. Oh, man. I'd have been in a lot of trouble. And I'm already in a lot of trouble with a lot of people. especially. <laughs> so I was like, man, I can't do that. So anyway, you can do that, though. You can walk into where you work. You can go do where, where you do things. You might not be able to get your whole, tr- like, everybody you work with won't come here. But, man, you're around them all the time. So you are a perfect example of how this is supposed to work, where you take the gospel to them. You take the gospel to them. What gospel? The gospel that Paul's preaching, the grace gospel. That's what he's preaching. That's what we're supposed to take. So get used to the term grace. Man, there's so much I want to talk about. Hmm. So, so with this, what we see here is we have, um, this will probably tie back into the, the, the boat and stuff, but, um, and the anchors and all that stuff. And this is what I call self-effort versus power of the spirit. So there's a lot of things that has been taught in our lives that we've understood that is self-effort, which means we have to earn it. We have to do something, you know, and this is what is, becomes an anchor for people. Because there'll be a lot of people say, if you don't come to church, you're going to hell. If you don't read your Bible, you're going to hell. This is what you hear, right? This is what, well, you're not praying enough and you're not fasting enough. You're not reading your Bible enough. This is what you hear. So what's that make you feel like? Yeah, <laughs> you feel horrible. You're like, oh my gosh, I, can't, I didn't read my Bible today. God's not going to listen to my prayers. Next thing I know, I can't even go in front of them. Now I don't want to go to church on Sunday because what are people going to think when I come in? They're going to read my mind that I was Seriously? He doesn't love you because of anything you've done. And guess what? You're going to love this. He doesn't love you anymore because you do them. Can I, can I tell you this? Tommy, where's Tommy at? Is he in here? There you are, Tommy. Tommy has memorized the Bible. <laughs> Just letting you know. That guy's for real. Like, like, he didn't have to study that a whole bunch to come up here and share with people this morning. He memorized it. We're in staff meeting, and I mentioned one thing. He's got 12 verses, top of his head. But guess what? I'm sorry, Tommy. I'm still God's favorite. <laughs> no, he doesn't love me anymore, and he loves you, and he doesn't love you anymore, and he loves me. Just because you know the Bible more than I know the Bible. He said he's still number one. Whatever. <laughs> but this is the thing. He doesn't, if we could get that in our heads, that, that you could be a brand new Christian and someone has been doing this 40 years and God loves you the same. The same. Absolutely the same. 
Does it mean we shouldn't do those other things? No, those things are great. This is, I guess it's like this. I don't know, maybe this and that, this just can't, okay. It came to my head, it might not make sense. Let's make it make sense. If I was a teacher and you came into the classroom and I said, hey, guess what? Thanks for showing up. I'm gonna give you straight A's. You don't have to do anything. Be real. How many of y'all are still gonna do the work? There's a couple of you, I see the hands going up. There's a couple of people going, I don't trust you. Like, you you lying? It's going to come down, I'm going to get a bad grade, and it's going to be because you lied, right? And then, and so that's one side of it. The other side of it is people just really want the knowledge. And there's some people that will do the work anyway just because they want to know, right? right? Well, that's how it kind of works in the kingdom. said, I gave you straight A's. You don't have to do anything. I love you. And there's going to be some people that go, I don't believe you. I'm going to work and earn it. And I'm going to do all these things. And I'm never going to miss anything. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep getting better. And then not only that, I'm going to hold that against other people. I'm going to tell them how, how much they're not in the Bible and how much they're not praying. And I'm going to convince them that that's not good enough. They're not going to get straight A's. Like, Y'all falling for a trick. Right? And then there's some other people that go, I accept the A's. But, man, I really want to know a little bit more about you. So you start reading the Bible. And then you realize who he is through a different lens, a lens that he loves you. So now it's not, I'm doing it so I can get a good grade. I'm just doing it because, man, there's so much in here that that the Holy Spirit will release and teach you and train you and open your eyes to new things. But the cool part is all three of those, they all got straight A's. (laughs) Even the ones that were trying to live by the law. Because believe it or not, God loves them. They're beating themselves up. That's all they're doing. That whole thing of living, thinking you have to earn it, it doesn't mean God doesn't love them. It just means they're working really hard to do some stuff that they don't have to do. Not that it's, yeah, it's already been done. It's not, not, not that they have to do it. It's good to do. And when you understand how loved you are, you want to do it because you just, there's, there's knowledge in that and wisdom in that. There's so much good. So I'm not saying live the rest of your life without understanding the Bible. What I'm saying is I'm strictly talking about, I'm strictly talking about eternity. He loves you. You don't have to earn it. So what happens is when we think we have to earn it and we don't get in our Bible enough or we get out of our prayer cycle or we didn't fast this last year, that will become an anchor because you won't let that off your chest because you're thinking he's looking at that as, oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't do that. God saw that and he's gonna, he doesn't like me anymore. He's not gonna answer my prayers, right? And I'm not, look, all those things are good though. Fasting, it's great. When I wanna hear his voice more and just get clear, I fast. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not fasting to get his love. I'm fasting because I need to clear everything out of my head because he's talking to me all the time. Ryan said that. He's always talking. And there's times when I'm not hearing him. Man, I I spent like eight hours last night (laughs) going, Lord. And then I hear him as I walk by a pantry. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. (laughs) That would have been great about nine o'clock last night. I could have slept in. Good night. What I'm saying is those are good things to do. We should learn about that. Those things are beneficial to us spiritually, uh, they're, they're beneficial. They're not mandatory for his love. And no matter how much you do them, he doesn't love you anymore. Do them because you love him. 
do them because, you know, you want to spend time with him. You want to hear his voice. I pray because I'm not just praying. Like sometimes I'm not praying because I want something. I'm just spending time with him. We're having a conversation because I like to hear his voice. I like to lock eyes with him. That's good stuff. That's the relationship that's going to move us from where we're at into the next level. Because when we understand that, when we understand how much he loves us, we understand we're sons and daughters. All of creation is groaning for that. All of creation is waiting for sons and daughters to understand who they are. So his kingdom can come. What's happening, though, is we're not accepting that because we're still caught up in all these anchors that's stopping us from actually walking in the freedom, which is why we're in this thing on freedom, the freedom to actually be loved and love him in a way we never had before. And it doesn't take anything away from people that want to study people. I mean, there's stuff that we need to know that's in the Bible. It's good stuff to know, especially if you want to know how to operate. I mean, there's all kinds of answers in there. How am I supposed to live my life? It's in there. These are good things. But if you're only reading this to earn his love, you're failing already. You missed it. Does that make sense? Man. I thought I was supposed to read a whole bunch more, but I'm feeling some grace right now to to just stop right there because I think that's a lot. Let me review first. Those guys in the back worked hard this morning. Because <laughs> when you don't know what you're supposed to talk about, everything I've been reading all last night, I said, Lord, we're going to put it in there and make sure it's ready. Because if you just say, go there and talk about that, I don't want them running around. Mm. Nah. I'm going to pick this up next week. I'm going to pick it up next week. Um, we're going to go into Galatians next week. I just know it because I know that's where all this is leading. Um, I love the book of Galatians. Read it. Get a, get familiar with it. It's not that long. I got the whole, like I was, I was fixing to go through. We were fixing to read pretty much the whole thing because <laughs> I like reading the Bible. And everybody good with reading the Bible when you're in church? There ain't nothing wrong with reading the Bible. Um, so be ready next week because I'm going to go into Galatians 3, uh, and we're going to start there, and we're just going to start going through it. Because I just, there's a lot that I really think needs to come out we need to talk about that's going to really solidify what we just talked about. There's going to be a foundation in that so you understand about your love and you understand what God's doing, how he wants to do it. It's really going to talk a lot about the, um, you know, self-effort versus grace and all kinds of good stuff in there. And the whole book of Galatians, like, I don't know where we might be tied in that for a little bit, but there's freedom in that. There's freedom in that. And we need to understand how free we are so we can start doing what he wants us to do. Amen. Make sense? Everybody stand to your feet. Look at this. You guys know that I love you. <laughs> you know that I love you. Man. Gosh. Hmm. You know, a lot of times we put that in our head when we think that we have to earn everything. That's where fear comes from. 
right? That's where the fear comes from. So people will tell us all kinds of stuff to, to scare us into thinking that we have to do these things. Look, I, I'm not coming against reading the Bible and all that stuff, but you shouldn't have fear if you don't do it. And the fear that I'm saying you shouldn't have is the fear that he won't love you anymore. Because if we're asking you to repent, if we're asking you to change, that's what repent means, change the way you think. So if we're asking you to change the way you think, that comes out of the goodness of God, not fear. So I can't scare you enough to make you how much he loves you, to make you understand how much he loves you. That's not how you repent. That's not where the change of your heart and the change of your mind comes from. is isn't through fear. It's through love. It's through goodness, understanding that he loves you no matter what you've been through, no matter what you've done. He loves you. Hmm. That also doesn't negate the fact that there is a hell. It's a real place. He loves us, but man, you got to make a decision. And you got to believe and you got to love him and let him love you back. Follow him. I mean, every time you see it in the Bible, he walks by people and he says, follow me. Take a walk with me. Have an encounter with him as we walk through this new season and we're going to be Look, worship's different every time we come in here. So never come in with any expectation of what worship's going to look like. I like the fact that you're going to get all kinds of stuff. But expect an encounter at 930 every Sunday. <laughs> so if you, want to be, if you want to spend a little extra time in that, if you want to spend some more time with him in that way, then get here a little bit early. But Father, right now, I just, man, I just ask you to touch the hearts in this house, in this room. Father, I ask you to start emptying out the pantries, getting rid of all the old expired stuff that, that, that people carry around with them because they think it's still good or they think they can't get rid of it. Father, I'd ask right now that all the negative thoughts, the, uh, the words that were spoken over people, Father, you just, right now, we just ask you to take all that away, Father. Man, we bind that up in Jesus' name. Father, we release your peace, your love, your comfort, on everybody in this room. Mm. 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 Father, just touch them. Saturate them. Wrap your arms around them. Fill them up so much, Lord, that when they walk out of here, they can't help but love people. They can't help but see people that, that just want to be blessed and they're going to bless them. Let them be a light in the darkness, Lord. Everywhere the enemy comes in, anytime there's a darkness somewhere, let them have the courage to walk into that mm, and light that place up. Mm. Come on, Father, have your way right now. Everybody in here wants straight A's, so change the way we think about that, Lord. Let us just receive the straight A's you gave us. And then let us get to know you more, Father, by reading the Bible and, and praying more, even fasting more. That's all good. We thank you for that, Lord, that you've given us different ways to encounter you. But, Father, I remove every bit of legalism on that. We bind up that. We bind up that religion, Lord, that says we must do these things or you won't love us. We bind up the religion that says that you can't walk in here if you had a bad day. We bind that up, Lord, in Jesus' name. 
Father, let your love just, man, just continue to, man, you know, I see his, he's showing me coffee right now, brewing coffee like a percolator. Looks like dirt when it goes in the filter. Doesn't look like it tastes good. And if you ever took dried coffee and just threw it in your mouth, I've done that on deployments. It's okay. <laughs> Instant coffee will dissolve, but that other stuff, you kind of put it in like dip. But he's showing me that. But then when the water flows over it, man, something different comes out in the pot. Something different comes out in the pot and it's delicious and it's filled with energy and power. Hmm. That's his love saturating you right now. That's what he's showing me. He's showing me there's some people that are just getting love poured over them and what's coming out of that is something brand new, something so good, something that that you can't resist. It's gonna wake you up. So Father, wake us up for what you want us to do for you in this kingdom. Mm. Those that don't know you, Father, I urge you to touch them right now. And as we break up and go into a chance for prayer, we'll have people at the prayer crosses on either side of this sanctuary. Man, if you want to talk more about that, you come talk to us. Let us pray for you. Come on, Father, we just ask you to have your way on the hearts in this house. If you came in here with a need or needed prayer, don't leave out of here without it. So, Father, give them courage to go talk to somebody. Give them courage to get prayed for before they leave this place. Father, they carried in a weight on their shoulders right now. Father, we ask you to take that. Take it off their shoulders right now. They're not supposed to carry that, Lord. That's all yours. So, Father, have your way. Mm. Use us in a mighty way this week. Father, let us run into people that just need to feel our love, your love flowing through us, Lord. Different opportunities to share the true gospel. I guess he's saying be prepared and maybe that's what preparing the, the pantry's for, but be prepared to share why it's so good. Be prepared to tell them why it's so important to you. Be prepared. So Father, we, we give it all to you. Continue to have your way. We love you, Father. And we thank you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Come on, y'all. I love you guys. We have prayer partners at either side. Um, I look forward to seeing everybody next week. Let's get out there and, and do something big and change the world.